This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network NFL Betting Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, here with my dude, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, as well as our homie, Sean Kerner, coming over from the Fantasy Flex to join us as well. Stuck, what's going on, man? Uh, I mean, I'm truly feeling the grind right now. We're fit, we're doing week zero college football podcast later today, a couple NFL podcasts. I mean, football, real football, not preseason football. I know you fantasy guys love preseason. Um, <laughs> but real football for me is like right around the corner. I can taste it. So it's, uh, it's just excitement in the air. I'm excited to get the uh, football season started. Oh, yeah. And uh, Sean, we have some. Player movement as we speak going on. I'm going to jump off this pod right after and update Sony Michelle to the Rams. But uh, yeah, it's that time of year. Yeah, I, I've been loving preseason. Obviously, I've been betting on these player props on price picks, but, um, you know, just betting on preseason has been a moneymaker. I think I'm like 10 and one now. Um, just by Ooh. doing all the, just by doing like all the projections, knowing the rotations, you know, it's been so easy to bet in game, kind of knowing. Um, which team is going to start, you know, evaluating quarterbacks or running backs. So uh, I don't want this preseason end, but uh, I'm with Stucky. The, the grind has begun. Um, and yeah, I am looking forward uh, for the season to start. And it's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. And today we're going to talk about the NFC East and the NFC North win totals. We'll preview each team. And we're going to jump right in here with the Dallas Cowboys Stuck, I'll start with you. What is your outlook for the Cowboys this season with Dak Prescott? We think he's returning from from injury. He's had a little shoulder issue, but uh, Dak is back, and you know maybe Zeke gets on track. What do you think of the Cowboys this year? Yeah, th- it's the, the biggest question is going to be that quarterback. You know, that recent report is Dak Prescott fully healthy. Well, he's not going to be fully healthy maybe all year. What exactly does that mean? So trying to decipher – exactly what that means, I think is the toughest part about projecting Dallas, because if he is healthy, you know, and you presume that Dallas's offensive line will be much healthier than it was last year, then this is clearly the most talented and I think best team in the division. There are certainly question marks on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Dan Quinn comes in, what is it? Uh, Hard knocks. I I swear he says uh, fuck every other word, Um, but they're going to be playing a lot of like single high safety heavy nickel. He's a cover three guy. He says he's more multiple now, but who doesn't, but I have questions about the run defense. You know, I like the addition of Michael Parsons. They're going to use him all over, but the defense is, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions on the defensive side of the ball, but the offense is going to score with anyone. If Dak is healthy, I project them, you know, at uh, 9.3 wins, their win to, which is right about what their win total is. Uh, you know, when you include juice, but I don't know how to account for the health of Dak. So it's a wait and see team for me early on. Uh, you know, they do have a tricky start to their schedule. Obviously they start with the bucks and then 
a finish as well. I mean, three straight road games, weeks 13 through 15, two of which are in the division. Four of their final five games are in the division. We're talking about the NFC East here. I think more than any other division in the league, they have all of their games are at the end. So, I mean, if these teams are close, a key injury here or there, who's healthy at the end of the year might determine this division, which hasn't seen a back-to-back winner since 2004. That is just Absolutely absurd, but I'm not surprised at all, given what we've seen out of these NFC East teams. Sean, what what about you? What do you think of the Cowboys? Is this a a wait-and-see kind of thing for you, too, given the uncertainty with Dak Prescott? Uh, I think it is, but, you know, I I am bullish on them. They had the fifth worst injury luck last year. Obviously, no injury was more important than (laughs) Dak Prescott. Um, The offensive line was plagued with injury. Um, Both should be healthy. Starting week one, we'll have to wait and see on um, Dak's shoulder. Um, but I do expect this offense to be elite. Uh, you know, as Stucky mentioned, the defense is the main question mark. I think specifically cornerback. I mean, it was, a, it was a real shame that they weren't able to have Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn fall to them in the draft. So they kind of had to settle for Micah Parsons, who could be special. Um, but, you know, they're going to need Trayvon Diggs to step up in year two. Um, and then, you know, Second round pick, Kelvin Joseph may have to start out of the gate over Anthony Brown. So, you know, the defense is the question mark, but offense is more predictive. You know, sometimes you can get lucky and the defense can come together. So that's why I am bullish on them. But the, the you know, the total seems a bit juiced up because the Cowboys are a public team. You know, they're typically going to take more action on the over. So I think because of that, um, I do lean towards the under here. And I think with Dak potentially not being 100% going into this season, I think that does you know, it makes makes a stronger case to bet the under, but this is still sort of a wait and see for me as well. And the obligatory, what is the Cowboys, uh, what's your rating in terms of the Cowboys strength of schedule? Oh, now you want to know the strength of schedule. <laughs> coming in, coming at you early. Yeah. Coming early with it. Coming I'm early four, with it. I'm at, I'm at 14. Yeah. I got league average 16. So None. And that's factoring in that, you know, the NFC has uh, one less home game than the AFC. So I forgot to mention that last pod um, that the AFC, you know, strength of schedule is probably boosted a bit by the, the additional home game. But yeah, I have Cowboys middle of the pack. Yeah, I think when you look at their schedule after that Tampa Bay game, it gets dramatically easier until the bye. You got the at the Chargers, home for Philly, home for Carolina, home for the Giants at New England, then a bye. Then you go to Minnesota, Denver before playing Atlanta and then KC. So not too bad, uh, but I do think it comes down to Dak. I don't think the defense is going to make drastic strides. Uh, You know, they have a ton of safeties and they'll play more three safety looks and it should be better than last year. Defense does regress to the mean, uh, as you pointed out, Sean. So uh, the Cowboys, I, I am bullish on them, but there's just a little too much uncertainty here. You know, heading into the the, the season, uh, the Cowboys are two and three toward their win total since uh, Dak took over, and it's kind of been up and down with them. And uh, I kind of feel like it's the exact same situation. So this is not uh, my favorite team to bet in the division. There's two teams that I like betting in this division, and. One of them is the Giants, and their win total is seven and a half. I like the under, Sean. Where are you on on this Giants team this year? Yeah, I'm probably with you on the under there. Um, You know, this defense should be above average this year. I mean, that cornerback duo of Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury is pretty damn good. Um, You know, the the defensive line. Is Adoree Jackson a real person, though? Are we convinced of that? (laughs) <laughs> he might, he, he might, he might exist. He might actually exist. 
now he's not in a Tennessee like two years straight in Tennessee and never played. <laughs> yeah, we would always get excited and like think we had to bump up the Titans like a you know a little little bit because he was going to come back and their defense always stunk and then yeah he never came back bumped. never. Yeah, and uh, I guess he did uh, suffer an ankle sprain today or uh, Wednesday. Yeah, so that was today. So we'll see. Uh, but on paper, this defense looks great. Um, even uh, the offense looks great on paper as well. You know, they should get Saquon Barkley back. Kenny Galladay gives them a true number one wideout. Rookie Kadarius Tony should be dangerous with the ball in his hands. But you know, none of them have really practiced much in camp. So you know, they could get off to a slow start. Plus. I don't trust offensive coordinator Jason Garrett to really maximize the potential of this offense. Um, And, you know, the offensive line should be a huge concern. Um, So there's too many red flags uh, for the Giants. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you, Ray Bond. I lean the under seven and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, I think any conversation about the Giants has to start with the offensive line. Like, forget anything on the offensive side looking good on paper. When they have the league's worst offensive line, uh, and really, it, it, there's nothing they can do, I don't think. Like, there's there, there's nothing they can do to fix this. Like, guys were... <laughs> well, they didn't guys, try, right? Right. No, I mean, like, guys were <laughs> tired. Um, you know, they've drafted poorly. It, it's just been a real shit show on this O-line. And, it, you know, in camp, they were supposed to make strides and kind of get things sorted out. And it's only gotten worse. And there's been no positive reports out of camp. There's been, you know, PFS still has them ranked dead last. Yeah. I mean, I'm just really worried about this O-line stuck. Where are you on this New York Giants football team? Yeah, I mean, they were just hoping and praying that the offensive line was going to get a lot better just from experience. I mean, it's it's still, I think, it's probably the youngest offensive line in the NFL. It was awful last year. It should, you know, be awful again this year. Maybe by the end of the year, they'll start to come together. And then next year, you know, some of these young pieces will fall into place, but they just haven't drafted well at the position, despite spending, you know, a lot of premium picks on the offensive line of weapons on the offense. So if they can block, you know, it's an exciting offense. Uh, Kerner, you missed, you mentioned uh, a lot of the different pieces and they obviously had Galladay, you get Barkley back the defense. I'm a huge Adore Jackson, fan, which is why we Raven and I talked about him so much when he's healthy. I think that he's, you know, an upper echelon corner. The defense isn't going to get much pressure, which is a problem off the edge, but you're not really going to be able to run against them up the middle. Uh, You're just not going to get anything up the middle against that defensive line. You know, Lawrence, Williams, uh, Shelton to replace Tomlinson. So, and I think they have very underrated safeties. Peppers and McKinney are underrated uh, safety duo. So there's some pieces I like about the defense. I wish they would just get a little more pressure. It would also help out the secondary. Um, But I'm at about 7.2. Right on the strength of schedule I have is like number seven. So I have them actually with a pretty tough schedule. I mean, the road games out of division, Chiefs, Bucks, Saints, Chargers, Dolphins, and Bears. That's not, you know, no real gimmies there at all. And I just, I hate betting on this team. I mean, Gettleman is just, I mean, and give Gettleman, you have uh, Jason Garrett. You have Judge. They're just they're too conservative at times. They like, don't believe in analytics. It's just not a team I like to bet. Um, and I, some people are saying they're a sleeper. You can really say anyone's a sleeper in the NFC East besides the Cowboys. Like you can make a case for anybody. I just can't get behind this team because mainly of their offensive line. I think that's going to be their downfall. Uh, but I'm I'm right on right on the win total around seven. So it's a uh, pass for me. Yeah, and I think the way to bet this team is, I mean, first of all, I do like the under. I just think that 
the, the offensive line is going to be too much to overcome. You know, Daniel Jones is still not a proven quarterback. You know, he's not a, you know, top half of the league quarterback anyway. So even though you got the weapons, there's no guarantee that that uh, pays off. I do think they're well coached on defense. I, I do like uh, Patrick Graham and what he's able to do. I think the defense got better. This strikes me for the, probably for the second year in a row as a team that, you can bet unders on because I think they're going to surprise, you know, some, some people with the defense and stay in games, but what's going to happen is, you know, they're going to, they're going to get the ball and then Daniel Jones is going to take like two sacks and a three play drop three and out. And then they're just going to punt, you know, back and forth. So they went three and 13 toward the over last year. So 13 and three toward the under did the giants in 20, 20, I think you're going to see another pretty profitable season uh, for the unders with this Giants team, the way it's setting up. So uh, I I agree. I think it's a good point that the defense is well coached. It's zone heavy defense. And if they can find like Ojolare or someone can just provide an additional, you know, punch off of the edge, this defense becomes even better. But I, I agree. There's a lot of coaching and personnel things that you can question with the Giants, but the defense is definitely well schooled. Yeah. And I think overall, Joe Judge, you know, I, I, I think he's a decent coach. Um, you know, Jason Garrett obviously raises question marks and, and whatnot, but yeah, uh, the, the defense is, is going to be the calling card of this team. And if you are betting the over for some crazy reason, uh, that that's what you're hoping for, that this defense really takes a, a big step forward. Uh, let's move on to the Washington football team, because this is the other team in this division that I like betting this one actually toward the over. I like some upside shots on Washington as well to win a division. Uh, I not really a big, you know, big on, on betting teams like that to go to the Super Bowl, but I do like, you know, win the division. Uh, I like over the eight and a half win total. I think this defense is going to be very, very good. They've proven they can win with, or at least stay in games with a variety of shitty quarterbacks last year. So even if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't make it through the year, I think there's still a, a decently high floor because of the defense. Uh, but Stuck, what do you think of this Washington football team? Yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, make a case okay. for the under, but they, I like some of the moves they made in the offseason, like drafting Davis to help their linebacker group, which is one of the weaknesses of the defense. You had, you know, William Jackson to pair with Fuller at corner. You're going to get Collins back at safety. Then obviously the defensive line is arguably the best in the NFL. The Giants have not successfully drafted offensive linemen. Washington has spent three or four years with high picks on the defensive line, and that's clearly paid off, uh, you know, with the latest being Chase Young. We have Sweat, Allen, Payne. I mean, you can go on and on and on. So the defense should be really good again. The offense adds a couple weapons um, that's going to make, you know, it's not just McLaurin and then who else is going to help. You know, you actually have, you know, Jeremy Brown now, Curtis Samuel, so you have some help. I just I don't trust Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's he, I feel like he's the guy when he just needs to be the guy that comes in for uh, a five week break. And then he kind of sparks the team. And last year, his numbers were extremely lucky. Big regression candidate, especially under pressure. We went over that in the AFC pod. He was number number one rated quarterback in the NFL against pressure last year. I can't see uh, happening again. And for his career, he's been pretty bad under pressure. And this defense might be a tad overrated let me just show you in for in 2021 here are the quarterbacks they face out of division herbert matt ryan josh allen aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes russell wilson tom brady Carr, 
and then Prescott twice in the division. Those were eight of the top 11 passers last year, and then you add Prescott twice. Last year, here are the quarterbacks they beat. Wentz, Dalton twice, with two offensive lines that were devastated by injuries. Finley, you know, they beat the Bengals. It was the game that Burrow got hurt. Bengals were leading at the half. Finley came in. They beat Finley with that Bengals offensive line. Big Ben, you know, 48-year-old Big Ben in that offensive line. Nick Mullins, and then, in the, you know, in the last game of the year, Sunfeld, because they, the Eagles, with that offensive line, bench, they didn't want to win. So Wentz, Dalton twice, Finley, Big Ben, Mullins, and Sunfeld. Those were their seven wins last year. So I think that they benefited from an extremely easy quarterback schedule and some, some injury. So I don't think that, you know, the pass defense, especially in the back end, was a little overrated. The defensive line is going to get after quarterbacks. It's no doubt one of the best in the NFL. But uh, I make the number, you know, the over-under is eight and a half, juice to the over. I'm like a little below eight. Um, so I actually like the under in Washington. Yeah. You know, any Ryan Fitzpatrick led team is going to be pretty volatile by nature. Um, but I do love the weapons around him with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas. And I think Antonio Gibson's going to have a big season. Um, so this offense can be sneaky. Good Rayvon, You mentioned it. I think this defense does provide a high floor. It's going to keep him in games. Even if Fitzpatrick were to struggle. Um, you know, they're loaded up front. I, I love replacing Ronald Darby with William Jackson at corner. Um, you know, th- this is a team I'm in line with the market, but because they have, you know, a high floor, I- I'm okay with taking the over still. Um, even if Ryan Fitzpatrick struggles, they have Taylor Heineke um, who could step in. I mean, he had that one game last year where he looked great. So who knows with him, but they, they could have um, a solid backup this year. Whereas, you know, they've been able to win games with Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith. Uh, the past couple seasons, you know, I took this line. I think it was like mid June. It was the over eight was minus one thirty. So now it's uh, gone up a half win. So that's why I'm staying away. Uh, but I think if I were to go any direction, it'd probably be on the over just just based on this defense. I, I agree with some of the things Stucky said, but I think you know on paper this this defense is pretty elite. So that that's why I'm willing to still uh, take the over here. It's, yeah. it's going to be a volatile team. Like, I think yeah. that that's very true because yeah. when you look at, first of all, this team last year, uh, they won an opening day, then lost what five straight, then, then, then one lost two straight and won four straight. Like everything was a streak. Uh, Fitzpatrick is obviously volatile. And, uh, you know, this team, I think is like, uh, like it's kind of towing the line between a team that could go like, you know, three and 14, if everything goes wrong, it's a 14 and three, if everything goes right. So I do, I do agree that they're volatile, which is why I said, you know, I, I like things like the division, not just the straight up winter. What were you saying stuff? Yeah. One thing to mention is that the, the offensive line is actually pretty sneaky. Good. Last mm-hmm. year it was, it was pretty good. The interior is good, you know, and they lost Morgan Moses, but all the reports are Cosme. Their first round draft pick looks really good to get out of Texas. Um, so if he can solidify that right tackle position, their offensive line should be pretty good again. And that will help uh, Fitzpatrick. I will say, I just wanted to get this in there. I actually have Washington as the hardest schedule. <laughs> Here, we <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Now they do have a pretty tough schedule. That, that That's another reason why I think, you know, they're a volatile team. You know, I, I got some of their win total at eight. I think at, at eight and a half, it's, it's a little shakier, but I, you know, I still think they end up with a winning record. I think, I think they have a very good chance of, uh, of being the best team in this division and, and beating at least their division opponents. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about it's so interesting with Fitzpatrick, too, because, yeah, he, there's such a big range of outcomes. But you look at Washington last year and like Sean, you mentioned Smith and Haskins. I mean, Smith and Haskins were about as bad as you could be. Smith was uh, six touchdowns, eight picks, 5.3 adjusted yards per attempt. Haskins, 5.1 adjusted yards per attempt, five touchdowns, seven picks. Both had QBRs below 35 and that uh, 12 starts with those two guys. So I think any, anything that's not those two guys, is going to be uh, an improvement. And you're not going to need much with this defense. Um, I think it kind of, they kind of remind me of the Broncos a little bit. I think the Broncos are, have a better schedule though. So that's, but this is another team that I can surprise some people. Uh, are you, are you not, are you at number one? I, for some, I was at Pittsburgh at the hardest. I must've changed something with when I was, yeah, I have, I have Steelers is the hardest. Um, I have the football team eighth, but yeah, if you look at their schedule, it's very tough. So um, you know, it's it's probably pretty close between those top eight teams. Um, but yeah, I could I could see the case for them having the toughest schedule. Yeah, they they have a murderer's row. Uh, week six, KC. Week seven, Green Bay at Lambeau. Week eight, Denver and Mile High. By Tampa Bay, like that. If, that is if they can get through that and win even like a game, uh, they, they might be in good That's shape. That's when it, it might be better to have evolved a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, as opposed to a high floor, low ceiling guy like Alex Smith. I think if you're able to get a good game out of Fitzpatrick, you can beat anybody. So that's why I think it does. Uh, I like the blend of evolved a quarterback like Fitzy and a high floor defense for those and games. How, well, Alex Smith were you watching? He was low floor, low ceiling. I, well, yeah, he's low floor, <laughs> low ceiling. I, I, I understand that, but not, not as bad as Haskell. I, I would say Smith was an upgrade over Haskins. Yeah. And it's funny because now Haskins no. looks good on, on, on Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. No, there, this is another NFC's thing, though. Like they go, so they go to Vegas week 13. And here's the their final, what, 14, 15, 16, their final five games are home against the Cowboys, at the Eagles, at the Cowboys, home against the Eagles, at the Giants. So they're five, they play five of their six division games in the final five weeks. Is that right? Am I? I yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yep. So like, if they don't have a big lead and someone's hurt, that's why the, the NFC East is going to be fascinating division to be because they all play each other the final five, six weeks. If yeah. you're three games back, you can still win the division. You get division wins and make up ground quick. Yeah, it, 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 Washington's probably going to need it after that, you know, middle of the schedule. I think they can start strong and they can end strong. It's, it's really that middle that uh, that worries me. Let's move on to the Eagles, though. The Philadelphia Eagles, subject to a lot of trade rumors. Jalen Hurts set to be the quarterback. He's dealing with uh, an illness in the preseason, but he looks ready to go. They draft De- uh, Devontae Smith. Quez Watkins is flashing in camp. The, the O-line should be better with, uh, with my Lata coming on. The defense, I think, will be a little better. The injury luck will be better. The coaching will be, we think, better because it, it got really bad, even though Doug Peterson's had some success in the past. It got bad last year. So, Sean, what do you make of this Eagles team? Because there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of new pieces, but at the same time, they're still the roster is still uh, kind of similar to the one that we've seen the last few years. Yeah, this team certainly has a wide range of outcomes, and it really comes down to Jalen Hurts, right? He, you know, will he improve as a passenger too? Um, even if he doesn't, he's so dangerous with his legs. Um, you know, it allows him to extend plays and maybe overcome his accuracy issues if they continue this year. Um, he probably won't have a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen type breakout season. 
but I think he could surprise people. Like you mentioned, they added Devonta Smith. Um, Jalen Rager could break out in year two. It looks like they're going to keep Zach Ertz. So, you know, they have a pretty good tight end duo there. Um, you know, the defensive line is still the strength of this defense. Um, they, they really do need Darius Slay uh, to stay healthy. You don't want to start testing uh, their depth at cornerback. Um, so, yeah, I think with improved injury luck this year, I think they were third um, in terms of the bad injury luck last year. Um, and, you know, if they can stay healthy and Jalen Hurts makes a big year two leap, they could easily win this division um, and fly over the total. But there are, there are plenty of scenarios where this all falls apart um, and we end up seeing Joe Flacco replacing a healthy Jalen Hurts, um, you know, and they finish the basement in this division. So this is a team I don't like betting on. I, I don't like betting on a team I don't really have a good read on. So I'm in line with this total at seven and a half. Um, and this is a pass. For- Doug, what do you think well, of the Eagles team? If I could guarantee the Flacco is going to start, I would take, I'll take out some Eagles Super Bowl futures just uh, for uh, uh, a pay homage to Joe Flacco getting me a 40 to one Ravens back in 2012. <laughs> but um, yes, obviously if that happened, that would be disastrous for the Eagles, but I completely agree that the, this is a completely wide, you know, the outcomes are, so wide with this team. I was, you know, I'm at about seven and a half, so I don't see any value in the win, win total. I did take a shot on them to win the division at plus 550. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Like I said, it hasn't, you know, they, there hasn't been a repeat winner since 2004 in the NFC. They all play each other at the end of the season. If everything goes right, you know, if Hurts either, I'm, and I'm not buying into Hurts yet. I still think he needs another year, but he has the weapons. The offensive line should be better and healthier this year. And I'm a huge Huge Jonathan Gannon fan. Um, he's a Zimmer guy. Zimmer's four three cover two. But Gannon, Gannon's gonna be more cover three match. It's all the stuff you saw in the Rams. I mean, everyone loved Brandon Staley. Gannon and Staley were like childhood friends. From what I know, Gannon basically taught Staley a lot of the concepts that he used. Um, got him his first job too, first main job that led to Staley breaking through in the NFL. So I'm a huge. I think that this defense is gonna be just from a scheme perspective, it's going to be massively improved. You know, and you can move Maddox to slot now with Nelson on the outside. Slay is kind of over the hill, but I think that they can, they're going to, they're, they're going to be able to use their pieces in the best way possible. The defensive line being the strength of that unit. So I think the defense, you know, could take a big step up just because of the scheme change. And I'm a big Gannon fan. You also have, you know, this, you know, and then, like I said before, last four games are all in the division after a bye week, three or four at home. So if they're in the mix, three or four at home, you get a bye week and then last four games in the division, who knows? That's why I think it's either, you know, the only way you play this team is to try and, you know, maybe bet an under uh, alt win total or, you know, bet them to win the division. I think you just try and play them both extreme. The funny thing is, if you look at the schedule, I was betting the win the division. I look at the schedule. It's not unrealistic. They start, oh, and set, like they go at Atlanta, then you're home against San Fran, you're at Dallas, you're home against the Chiefs. You're at Carolina. You're home against the Bucs. I mean, all these games at home are brutal. You have the Chiefs, the Bucs, the 49ers at home. Then you're at Atlanta, at Dallas, at Carolina. Then you're going out to Vegas. I mean, you're at 0-7. Good night. Turn off the lights. Um, and then you hope you go to you go to Detroit. You have two 0-7 teams playing each other. So, you know, it's it could go all wrong for the beginning. But uh, I think there is high upside and – Six in 16 of the past 18 seasons, we've had a team go from worst to first. Um, I think this is, you know, the NFC East with how wide open it is. And then we already covered the AFC South with how wide open that. I think those are the two big divisions you could possibly target with a long shot. And I did with the Eagles to win the division, but I'm right on 
right on par with uh, their win total. Yeah, I think they have a, a chance to win that opening game uh, in Atlanta. I, I just think that Atlanta defense and the, the depth for the Falcons is is weak enough that it could be a big uh, Jalen Hurts game and they could, they could win a shootout there. So uh, I think it will be an, like a, a Eagle season that we see like a bunch of different teams. Like I think we'll see like the early season, like Jalen Hurts still trying to get acclimated to the scheme and the coaching staff. I think there'll be a point where the offense really goes crazy. I think there'll be a point where the defense uh, plays really well, but there's just so many moving parts that, that I agree. I, I don't think there's really a bet here other than uh, an extreme bet uh, with the Eagles, but uh, I do like them. I do like their lines, O-line and D-line. So uh, I'm not opposed to taking some upside bets there, um, you know, with them just based on that. I think they they do have some good things uh, going for them. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then, make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500. 500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Let's move on to the NFC North and we'll start with the Green Bay Packers. The Pack at BetMGM have a win total of 10 and a half. The under is juiced to minus 130. Sean, how are you feeling about the Packers with Aaron Rodgers back for at least this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm very bullish on the Packers this year. Um, you know, on our fantasy podcast, I tend to mention that Aaron Rodgers should see some regression this year coming off of a 9.1% touchdown rate. Um, even if he regresses, this offense should still be elite. They have better depth at wide receiver this year. Um, you know, they added Randall Cobb, drafted Amari Rodgers. Devin Funchess um, returns after opting out last year. He's looked surprisingly good. Um, so I think they're going to be solid there. I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is going to be a – you know, a lightning and thunder combo at running back. So I love the offense. You know, the, the offensive line could take a step back. You know, they lost center Corey Lindsley to the Chargers. Um, they need second round pick Josh Myers to step in right away. Even if he plays well, um, it's going to be a downgrade. But overall, I, I do like the O-line still. Um, and the defense got better towards the end of last season. You know, they ranked 14th in weighted DVOA. So 
Um, if this defense could just play average, the offense should carry this team. Um, so, you know, if upside if players like Rashawn Gary continue to improve, if we see Zadarius Smith uh, return to his 2019 form, this defense could be really good. Um, so I like the over 10 and a half at plus 110. Um, and if you think of this team from just a roster building perspective, they're elite at the four key positions. Um, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, David Bakhtiari at left tackle, and Jair Alexander at cornerback. You know, those are the four critical positions, and they're elite at all four of them. So I love this team um, overall. Um, I just love the over 10 and a half. Doug, how are you feeling about this Green Bay Packer team with, uh, with Rodgers? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Sean. I'm at 10, 10, 8, 10, 9 projected. So I think the look here is either over or nothing. I mean, I think that their their defense could be a lot better than last year. I mean, it's a defense that, you know, they use a ton of dime. They're going to use a lot of six defensive backs. You're always going to be able to run on them. They kind of, it's a run funnel defense. But look, like you said, Zedaria Smith, if he returns to form, you have Preston Smith, who's apparently in shape. He has an incentive filled contract. So if they can get him, to come off the edge and kind of return to form. I love Rashawn Gary. Uh, you have a healthy now Kenny Clark in the middle. So there's a lot of pieces that are coming together. The main, the weakest point on this defense, you know, great safeties, arguably the best cover corner in the NFL is the second corner spot. So if Kevin King, apparently he's still, it, you know, in that spot, but they drafted Eric Stokes, who's not too far behind. Kevin King, obviously he had that, you know, everyone remembers what he did in the NFC championship game. But if, if he can either step up or Stokes can, you know, it's really hard to trust a rookie at corner, but if they could figure out that second corner spot, I mean, there's, you know, there's really no weaknesses on this defense other than, yeah, you're going to be able to run on them, but they kind of encourage that they play with, you know, six defensive backs most of the time that, you know, Barnes and Campbell, it's not the strongest linebacking group on the inside um, weak division, you know, develops offensive linemen better than any team in the NFL. I mean, it's amazing. They just get someone, develop him, then he's ready to go six weeks in, plug him in. They don't, they don't miss a, they don't miss a beat. I mean, Bakhtiari will be big if he's not, you know, fully healthy. Um, so if he's not fully healthy week one, like he's going to be back, you know, keep that in mind if you're betting the Packers in the first couple weeks, but yeah, I'm at 10.8 and yeah, they, I think it's over or nothing. You know, Amari Rogers, they drafted him. I think he could actually help in the return game too. And that's a, been an area of weakness for them as well. So I think they drafted well, some pieces on defense that I think can step up um, either due to health incentives and defense will be even better. And Rogers is going to have that offense clicking. So yeah, I agree. It's over or nothing. Yeah. I think this is a strong over as well. Uh, you look at the Packers under Matt LaFleur, the 13 and three in both seasons with him, Aaron Rodgers in the last 12 years uh, has won double digit games for the Packers nine times. The other times he's essentially missed parts of of the season. Uh, So he's been a really bankable quarterback. I think he, he's a kind of guy who uh, given the way he played last year, I think that was, it was really a wake up call that year before when San Francisco just stomped him in the mouth twice. Uh, I think he's playing a little bit better now under pressure. I think he'll be able to, alleviate you know the, anything that that kind of go or mitigate any any issues with the offensive line which i think will take a step back but uh this team has lost one division game in the last two years under lafleur uh they could be better on defense as you said stuck so uh, yeah i like this packers team and i don't think people realize 
you know, we know the Lions are bad. I think the Bears are actually going to be pretty bad too. So the Vikings, they'll be better. That's the one team that in the division that's beat the Packers over the last two years. But uh, I still think you're getting four. You're probably getting four wins from the Bears and Lions in that division uh, to to get a little head start to to that win total of ten and a half. So love the over there. Now let's move on. Before we get to the Bears, let's go to the Vikings because the Vikings. I think it's a two-team race here. And the Vikings, the win total is nine and a half at BetMGM. The under is juiced to minus 145. Sean, what do you think of that with the uh, with the juice heavily on the under here? Yeah, I'm probably in line with the market on, on this one. I'm projecting them for nine wins. Um, but I, I think the defense should bounce back this year. Uh, you know, they didn't get a single snap from either uh, Daniel Hunter or uh, Michael Pierce. Both are back this year. Um, you know, they rank 30th DVOA against the run. They should be much better uh, with Thompson um, and then Pierce back. Uh, they also added Patrick Peterson, who could, you know, have a revival of his career. Uh, but either way, you know, Mike Zimmer is going to get the most of this unit. So I expect them to return to above average this year. And then the offense should be fine. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson filled the hole left by. Stefan Diggs quite well last year. Um, he looked really good. And, you know, they still have Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. So uh, I, I do like this offense. The, the main issue is the offensive line um, should be an issue. But um, I think the rest of the team will kind of make up for that. So either way, I, I, I do like this team, but I'm, I'm in line with the market right here. Yeah, I think the defense improvement is really going to be key. I mean, they started one and four last year and those four losses, they gave up 135 points. And then to close the year, they went one and three and they gave up 26, 33, 52, 35 to close. Yeah, their, uh, so their weighted DVOA, which, you know, measures the end of the season more heavily, they finished 26th um, mm-hmm. DVOA defense, which is insane for a Zimmer led team. But yeah, uh, a bounce back would be huge for them. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, you could expect Mike Zimmer to have this defense, right? I mean, they were, they finished top five in efficiency in 2017, 18, 19. They were just crushed by injuries last year. I mean, Pierce opted out. Hunter and Barr were out for the year early on. You know, Hill and Hughes were out for the year three four. They were, I mean, they had just a bunch of rookies out there. Had no idea what they were doing at corner. They had no front seven. You know, Ken, you know, you have Kedrus gets hurt after week 12, just crushed by injuries, as bad as it can get. So the defense should be fine. The run defense should really step up. You know, they had Richardson, Tomlinson. You know, they brought Griffin back, and then you get Hunter and Pierce, who didn't play at all last year. So that front seven should be a lot better. It's going to be an experienced secondary now. It's an aging one, but you're going to have Peterson, Breland, Alexander, you know, Chris Boyd and and Dancer will probably go to fourth and fifth corners. So it's going to be much more experienced. You know, I would have loved Patrick Peterson to go play safety somewhere. His elite man skills are gone. But the secondary is no doubt improving what they had last year. So overall, the defense will be a lot better. The biggest question here is their offensive line. You know, you really only trust Brian O'Neill. It's really young uh, everywhere else. That might end up being their downfall, but the defense will keep them in games. You know, they have an identity on offense. They have two good receivers, a veteran quarterback, and one of the best running backs in the NFL. So they'll be around. They'll be competitive in games. I'm at about... You know, I mean, this win total basically is nine. If you account for the juice, I'm at like eight, eight-ish. So um, nothing here for me. One thing to note, though, Dan Bailey's gone. Their kicking situation was awful last year. That can only help. 
Yeah, that was that was just a nightmare with Bailey. And uh, it would seem like every week, he, I mean, he had the stretch where it was just like two missed kicks a week or something like that. So, uh, yeah, the defense was uncharacteristically poor. Uh, the kicking game was poor. I, before we move on, I do think it's interesting, though, because in the fantasy community, there's a lot of talk of regression with pretty much every key member of the Vikings offense. So I just wonder... Like, how did how would that all work? Because you got Kirk Cousins who threw 31 touchdowns last year. You have Adam Thielen who caught 14 touchdowns last year. Jeff, Justin Jefferson put up a 1,400-yard season as a rookie. That, that would be hard to match, you know, in any year for any receiver. And then Dalvin Cook touched about 356 times and gained over 1,900 yards from scrimmage. I mean – like, is anyone going to regress? Is no one going to regress? Because they only really give – like, those are their guys on offense. Uh, I'm it. guilty of saying that Adam Thielen's going to regress almost every one of our pods, um, and that's in the touchdown department. Um, I think those touchdowns will still be there. They're just going to go – a little bit of those are going to go to Irv Smith, who I'm really high on. I think he's going to have a breakout season um, in place of Kyle Rudolph. So I just think, if anything, those Thielen touchdowns, some of those will go to Irv Smith this year. And I misspoke. I said 31, 35, 35 touchdowns for Kirk Cousins uh, last season. I think Irv Smith is actually a really, really important player for that offense. There was a lot of times last year that you could just tell that that Cousins and Rudolph had a good rapport, whether it was like a, a big third down in the red zone or, or, you know, a third down, you know, in a key situation. He would always look for him and come through. Irv Smith has to pick up that slack and he's, he's talented enough to do so, but he's going to be a big piece this year. Yeah, and I think the Vikings are just hoping they don't have to score as much as they did last year to stay in games. I mean, right. with that defense getting sure. ugly, yeah. that's that's what was really going on because I, I am a little concerned about the depth on offense uh, just because it's so locked into those top three guys that, you know, if Thielen's really slowing down or he misses time, you really have nothing in terms of, you know, the wide receivers. You have, I know you have Smith-Marset as a, a rookie, but they're talking about K.J. Osborne as the number three wideout. So, like, they really have nothing there. Dalvin Cook, we know running backs are risky in terms of injuries when they touch the ball, you know, 350-plus times. So, and, and, you know, one of their rookie backs also got hurt. So, you know, they still have Madison, but um, it, it's just – it could be get a little thin there on that offense if one of the key skill guys – misses any amount of time. So they're going to, they're going to have to lean on that defense a lot more. So yeah, I'm not betting the over here, but I wouldn't be surprised for a, a pretty good season from them just because I think it's a two team race in this division. Yeah. I would, from a fantasy perspective, and that's not my area for today. I would, I would guess they all regressed because last year was a lot to do with the game script. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, yeah. they were giving up 40, 45 points. A lot of times coming from behind and you're just chucking the ball. You're in these shootouts you know, they're going to, you're going to see a lot more Viking Zimmer type game scripts here, games in the, you know, in the twenties instead of the forties. Yeah. And we know he loves to run the ball uh, when they have the lead and when the defense is playing better. So that's, that's partly why I do think that the offense will regress. Yeah. The defense was 27th in yards allowed and the offense was fourth in yards gained. So, uh, you know, as the defense improves, I think you're going to see, yeah, just a lower volume, lower offensive volume in Vikings game. So uh, maybe this t- may be a profitable under team uh, early in the year before the market fully catches on. Uh, we'll have to see about that. But I uh, do expect the defense to rebound here. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears. Their win total is seven and a half at BetMGM. 
juiced to the under at minus 130 and stuck. I'm I'm out on Chicago. I think this team is in for a, a big letdown. Matt Nagy has kind of kept them in that 500 range all throughout his tenure. But I look at this team, I'm worried about the defense. I think it lost, uh, you know, it's not going to be as good as it has been. I worry about the O-line. I think it's uh, one of the bottom five to seven units in the league. And then you look at the schedule and, and the quarterbacks they're facing. And I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, you got Rodgers, you got Brady, you got uh, Lamar, Big Ben, Kyler, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. You start out with the Rams on the road, uh, who, ha- you know, got the Browns on the road in the first three weeks. I, I just, I struggle to see how this team uh, gets over this win total. But what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I tweeted out after that preseason game, turns out Mitch Bortles is elite. The problem is just Matt Nagy. I mean, to watch Mitch Bortles tear, shred them um, was was something. So yeah, I mean, I think they're they're in a they're in a mess of trouble. I mean, that just not only this year and the team. I mean, they're cap strapped. The the picks that they have. I mean, the offense. Let's we'll start at the offensive line. You know, they draft Jacobs. He has back surgery. He's out. I mean, Jason Peters. You're going to rely on him at left tackle. A Fetty, they're all hurt too, and coming back from injury, moving around, they're they're building no chemistry in camp. Um, it's it's just a mess. And then it's, are they going to start Dalton because they don't trust the offensive line? They don't trust Fields yet. I think that would be a mistake. I mean, don't you want Fields' legs? I don't know, but regardless, I don't trust this offensive line or Matt Nagy. And then on the defensive side, you got a new defensive coordinator and you know you will get Hicks back healthy and Eddie Goldman back and you know Nichols it's such a good defensive front it's a strength of the team but the rest of the defense is mad this isn't a vintage this isn't your older brother's Bears team I mean Roquan Smith I love but Trevathan aging I mean Mac is aging uh their corners Jalen Johnson I mean huge injury risk is a guy who's hurt every every year but he played well as a rookie he's second year corner he's your number one corner it looks like Kendall Vildor might be your second corner, fifth round draft pick out of Georgia Southern, I think, two years ago. Um, you know, you brought in Artie Burns and Desmond Trufant. I mean, it's Duke Shelley. I mean, you're, the, the corners are just, ugh. Um, so, you know, it's an aging D, dicey corners. You're going to Dalton or a rookie QB with a disastrous offensive line, and Matt Nagy's still the coach. Tough schedule as well. Uh the depth issues also the depth issues. So, you know, they traded so many top picks for some of these players that they just don't have a lot of depth. So, you know, especially on the offensive line and other positions where you have an injury, I mean, you know, corner goes down, a safety goes down. Uh, it's bad. So yeah, I'm selling the bears. I'm project uh, 6.6. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Very low. I'm very, I'm very low on the bears. I'm on the under here. Yeah, that's 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 around where I got it, too. And this has been my favorite uh, under still on the board, I think, because I I do think it's about a win off. Sean, where are you on the 2021 Bears? Yeah, so I think the defense um, should still be pretty good. You know, getting um, Eddie Goldman back is huge. But as Ducky mentioned, the the cornerback uh, depth is a concern, especially, you know, they they had to release uh, Kyle Fuller. Um, so they, if they struggle, this defense could be average and then they're in trouble. Um, and the offensive line is brutal. Um, you know, I thought Tevin Jenkins was going to be pretty solid as a rookie, but now that he's out for the season, um, they're in trouble. 
Um, and, you know, I think Fields, his, his scrambling ability may be able to function behind a terrible offensive line. Uh, Stucky, our boy Jimmy Graham, is already comparing Fields to um, Russell Wilson. We know that he's he's been able to produce uh, behind a bad O-line. So I think if, if anything, it, it makes a compelling case to start Fields out of the gate. Um, but yeah, either way, th- this team has a very low floor, um, although they were able to win eight games last year with Mitch Trubisky. So that's why I thought that maybe the over might be good. But after watching Mitch uh, tear it up last week in preseason, maybe he wasn't uh, the concern. So, yeah, the coaching staff is in trouble. Um, this could spiral of control. So even though I'm I'm sort of in line with this seven and a half, I'm staying away because there's there's too many outs for this under. It could get really bad. What are you I projecting mean, who starts? I mean, I would assume Nagy's going to make the wrong well, decision. He's going to start Dalton we, though week eight. Yeah, we have to go. Yeah, we have to go with what he's saying. He's saying Dalton, but I'm saying that he's he's essentially going to get forced uh, to play Fields. I'm guessing by week three, like the the crowd is not going to allow them to keep trotting Dalton out there. And let's remember too that even if Justin Fields and he should be an upgrade, if he's not an upgrade over Andy Dalton, there's pro- there's bigger problems in Chicago than the number of ones that we've already laid out there. But rookie quarterbacks uh, over the last decade, you know, first round picks in their first year uh, have just a, a three a thirty eight percent winning percentage. So that the expectations still have to be held in check. You know, even if Fields does take over, and let's not remember, let's not forget, like Stuck, we talked about this all beginning of the year last year. This was such a fraudulent team to even get to what was it, five and one? Like they, you know, they they come from behind against the Lions. They barely beat the Giants on that, you know, in the last second. They they you know, come from behind against the the Falcons and, and barely win. Then and then they they get that Bucks win where Tom Brady forgot how to play football for a second, and, and then they beat the the Teddy Bridgewater Panthers. Then they lose six straight. And then they close the season and, and make a playoff run because they get to play the Texans, who they thrashed 38-7, the Vikings, who had nobody on defense, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they thrashed 41-17. Like, this team, there's nothing to hang your hat on with this team, uh, even going back to last year. And now I think they're going to be worse. So, yeah, this is, this is an under for me. Um, just, I'm just hoping Justin Fields gets his reps in because uh, they need to go to him yeah, did, very soon. Didn't they bench Trubisky last year when they were three and zero? Yeah, I mean they seem like, like didn't they bench him in week one? That happen. They benched him in week one. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, it. You know it, this team, it, it, they've been hanging on by a thread. I can't believe they made the playoffs last year. Of course, they got there and scored nine points against the New Orleans Saints. So that that tells you all you need let's to know. Let's not talk about. Let's not talk about how they got the nine points. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Walkoff. <laughs> Jimmy Walker. They really, they really scored three points. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe Jimmy Graham's still around. I can't believe he put up eight touchdowns last year. That uh, and that was that's, that's something positive for Chicago. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a rough year. I, I, I just look up and down that roster. Look at the schedule. Um, they play the hardest schedule by the Athletics quarterback tiers. So, you know, they have all these scouts and, and you know, personnel men in, in, around the NFL rank all the quarterbacks and put them in tiers. And then they kind of use a composite score at, for, to look at the schedules. And Chicago has the toughest one uh, and the biggest difference between their opposing, opposing quarterbacks and their quarterbacks, you know, Dalton, Foles and Fields. So, again, you have to expect you have to keep your expectations in check with him. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough year. Uh, speaking of tough years, uh, let's finish this out with the Detroit Lions who 
are just in a in a bind. It seems like their win total is four and a half. The over is actually juiced to minus one fifty. Uh, but I mean, stuck this Lions team. There's not. A, there's another team with just not much there. I mean, you got Jared Goff, Okuda, maybe. I mean, what 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 are you looking at with this Lions team? Okuda was. You better hope Okuda is something. He was arguably the worst corner in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's hard to project. Uh, it's hard to expect much from rookie corners, but he was awful. I mean, he couldn't. He, they couldn't have him on the field. Um, you know, it's this. It's, this team is basically an offensive line. Um, I mean, Dan Campbell. That's that's who he wants it to be. It's it's actually a really good offensive line on paper. If you combine um, the you Lions know. and the Giants, you might get a, a five hundred team. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Especially if Sewell pans out and right tackle. I mean, you move by tie in, you got Ragnell Jackson and Decker. I mean, that's a really good offensive line. I don't know who you're throwing it to. I hate Jared Goff. I mean, you know this. I think he's awful. I think he needs his hand needs to be held by Sean McVay uh, to do anything, and he can't be under pressure. The good thing is he might not be under a lot of pressure, but I don't really know who he's throwing to. I don't think the scheme is going to be – I don't think he's going to be very you – know, I mean, Anthony Lindsay, offensive coordinator, I, I don't think it's – it's going to be the same situation where he was with the Rams. Um, the defense, you know, you bring in Aaron Glenn uh, to be defensive coordinator. They're going to shift to a three, four, you know, split safeties. You could probably expect them to be more aggressive. They're probably going to blitz a lot more. Uh, and which is a good thing because they just played basic man. They basically just sat in basic cover one. They were the most predictable defense in the NFL every under Patricia. That's all they did. Basic cover one did nothing else. So they need to find a way to force turnovers. You know, you're going to move a core and flowers, to the outside of that three, four. So maybe the, you know, they're probably gonna play a lot more zone too. I think this is, it's a good thing. So maybe they get a bump from a scheme perspective, but who's, you know, who are the corners that you're trusting here? I mean, you're going to really need Akuda to step up and I haven't seen it yet. This is a team that is really weak at quarterback at wide receiver and cornerback. That's a, that's a disaster in today's NFL. Um, you know, it's a good offensive line, which helps, but other than that, there's not much here. Maybe, you know, they can get a bump from a scheme perspective, but I'm not in love with Dan Campbell. I'm not in love with Jared Goff. You know, it's home non-division games against, you know, San Fran, Baltimore, Cincy, Philly, and Arizona. So maybe there's potential for some wins there. Um, on the road, you're going Rams, Steelers, Browns, Broncos, Falcons, Seahawks. So, I mean, it looks like like three and eight dealing out of division. So can they go three and three in the division? I don't see it. Um, I, this is on our win total podcast early in the year. I played Denver over seven and the lions under five were my two bets pre-draft and pre everything. So I do have a position on under five. Um, I actually don't like it as much as I did. then. I still show value, but, um, and I have the bears under two and I hate going two unders in the same division, but I, you know, there's some correlation there, but I do show value on both. I already have a position on under lines. If I had to choose, I'd go under bears now with updated numbers, but yeah, I'm selling this team. It should be a bad football team this year. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with that. Cause I think, as I mentioned at the top, this is a two team race in the top of this, that division. It's, it's re- there's a big split in between, but Sean, the under is juiced to plus 120 at BetMGM with, with four and a half as the win total. I mean, is is that enticing at all? You know, I, I know you're not supposed to really attack these these lower win totals. Uh, there's not a, not as much room, I think, sometimes. But um, is is that enticing to you at all? 
Of course it's enticing. Uh, just the, <laughs> the potential for an implosion here is pretty high. Um, you know, this is one of the worst teams on paper. Uh, you know, head coach Dan Campbell is a bit of a mystery. I doubt he's capable of getting the most of a weak roster. Um, and Stucky mentioned they have a really good offensive line, but I'm not sure this power football break kneecap style is going to be good when you're trailing. I mean, they, they're going to have to have an effective passing attack. And, you know, this is arguably the worst wide receiver depth chart in the league. So Goff's going to have to lean on tight end TJ Hawkinson and rookie Amon St. Brown. Um, there's not much to like about this team. Um, and they really do need Jeffrey Okuda to step up in year two. They, they need to fill that hole left by Darius Slay. It's, you, you need a shutdown corner in this division. You know, they have to go up against Allen Robinson twice, Devontae Adams twice, Adam Phelan, Justin Jefferson twice. Um, so that's that's a pretty big concern. Um, and they have one of the tougher schedules in the league. They, they don't get to play themselves. Um, so they, they have the second hardest strength of schedule. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much potential for implosion here that I, I'm definitely interested in taking the under, especially at plus 125. Yeah, the biggest worry, if I'm betting a Lions under, is that they beat the Bears twice. Because that, that that would kind of throw a wrench in things. I think that would, that would be a little well, bit the, of a sweat. The, the worry is Jared Goff might be too good to to be on a you know four wins or less team, but I yeah <laughs> I don't see that. So that's why the potential didn't uh, didn't Jared Goff go zero and seven as a rookie with like yeah he went zero and seven as a rookie. So yeah he's you know I know it was his rookie year but head coach. So yeah maybe he is you know uh, he needs Campbell to be a functioning head coach. Who knows about that though. I mean, I'm not knocking Campbell, but this is a pretty disastrous Fisher-like team in other aspects. So, you know, (laughs) Jared Goff is not going to play you out of the cellar. Like, Jared Goff is going to operate, you know, an offense in good conditions like he did under Sean McVay uh, and still struggle at times with pressure and and different things. But he's not going to lift you. Like, he's not going to put you on his back and and lift a, a poorly talented team out. So, uh, Goff wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be worried about Goff, I guess. I would just be worried about like, oh, you know, they get a couple wins against the Bears. Maybe they beat the Bengals or something. And then you got three wins and then it's a sweat. So um, that's the only thing I'd worry about. But I'd lean towards the under two because I think it's a top heavy division with Green Bay and Minnesota. So, uh, all right. So before we get out of here, let's recap with our best bets, our top under and our top over for the NFC East or the NFC North. Stucky, I'll start with you. Yeah, favorite under, I'm going with the Chicago Bears under seven and a half wins. This team is just a mess from its cap situation to the coaching. Look, the offensive line is a mess, which I think is ultimately going to be their downfall, whether they play Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. I'm not a fan of Matt Nagy. On the defensive side of the ball, that's been their strength in recent years, but it's an aging defense. It's aging group of linebackers. I know the defensive line is strong, but take a look at the cornerbacks. You better hope Jalen Johnson stays healthy in his second year because, you know, you might have a fifth round corner out of Georgia Southern that you took in 2020 as you're starting number two after losing Fuller. So I'm, I don't, not a buyer in the corner group. It's an aging defense, mess of an offensive line, dicey quarterback situation, and just a poorly coached team. I'm going under on the Chicago Bears. As far as my over, I don't have any win total overs, but I took a flyer on the Philadelphia Eagles plus 550 to win the NFC East. Haven't had a back-to-back winner in the NFC East since 2004. So you can cross off 
the Washington football team. And, you know, in 16 of the past 18 NFL seasons, we've had a team go from worst to first in a division. Maybe it's the Eagles. Look, I think that the coaching change is going to be a positive, especially on the defensive side of the ball with Jonathan Gannon. I think they'll get a scheme bump, similar to what you saw with the Rams. Offensive line will be healthier. They obviously have a lot of weapons. If Jalen Hurts can take that next step and progress, look, there's a high ceiling here. And who knows? Maybe they end up trading for a quarterback. And I'd love it with the schedule. They get a bye week, and then their final four games are all – interdivision games three of them are at home so i like the way the schedule sets up but they're in it at the end they're gonna have a shot to make up ground and potentially steal what could be a weak division cowboys clearly the class of it but if dak prescott isn't healthy this thing's wide open i think the eagles which have a very low floor and a high ceiling wide range of outcomes take a shot under the win division all right sean stucky likes the bears under seven and a half wins and the eagles over seven and a half wins, more more so to win the division. But uh, where are you going? So I like the uh, Lions under four and a half wins at plus 125. You know, the, the O-line could be the strength of this team, but that's about it. Uh, this is one of the worst rosters on paper. Um, new head coach Dan Campbell is pretty unproven. I doubt he's going to be able to maximize the talent on this weak roster. Um, the potential for implosion here is high. They have the second toughest schedule according to my strength of schedule rankings. Um, so I love the under here at four and a half at plus 125. Um, for the over, I like the Packers to go over their win total at 10 and a half. That's plus 110 right now. You know, Aaron Rodgers is entering potentially his final season in Green Bay. I think he's going to want to go out with a bang and have another MVP-like performance. Um, you know, this team from a roster building standpoint is elite. They have um, you know, elite players at the four key positions, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, David Bakhtiari at left tackle, and Jared Alexander at cornerback. So I love the makeup of this roster. Um, their defense only needs to be average for them to win games, and I think they could be sneaky good this year. So it's a, it's a team that has a very high floor, high ceiling combo. I love the over 10 and a half wins here at plus 110. And I will close it up by going with the Bears under as well. I think that's the best bet uh, of the eight teams that we talked about in the NFC East and NFC North. Uh, they have a bottom five O-line rated by Pro Football Focus. They have the toughest slate of opposing quarterbacks. Uh, and rookie first-round quarterbacks have a sub-40% win rate in year one. So Justin Fields likely won't be the savior, especially with all the glaring holes on this roster. Uh, my favorite over is the Packers as well, but Sean broke it down. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, 13-3 and three his last two years over. Matt LaFleur. So uh, I'll give you guys another best bet. And it's another under and it's the Giants. The Giants have the worst O-line in the league. And I think that's, they're the second best bet uh, for me after the Bears under uh, among these two divisions. Uh, just a, a team that's going to face a, a decently tough schedule, not a, a top tier quarterback. Yes, they have some weapons and it looks good on paper, but I don't think they'll have enough uh, on the offensive line to to be competitive and win games. And uh, that's the thing that's really, that's what really sinks teams is O-line play uh, when everything else looks good on paper. So uh, I'd be very wary about the Giants and I love their under seven and a half. So that's going to do it for part one of our NFC win totals podcast on the action network NFL podcast. You can find Stucky on Twitter at Stucky two and Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. You can find us all 
at those same handles in the Action Network app, the award-winning Action Network app as well. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our betting and fantasy football content. Until next time, let's get this money.